welcome to I See Star Wars, a podcast about vintage Star Wars action figures. I am your host, Michael Havens, creator of The Imperial Commissary. Come with me, I will be your guide as we journey through the incredible universe of vintage Star Wars collectibles. Welcome to Episode 8 of IC Star Wars with our special guest star, Jason Annable. We're going to tell you how to start collecting today. Even if you've never bought a vintage Star Wars figure before, you still can start. You can start your collection today, and we're going to teach you some ways that you can start your collection, make it affordable, and over time, with patience and effort, you can have yourself a really amazing collection. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but what we're going to do this week is we're going to jump right into the Ask Mike section, because I noticed there were a lot of likes and comments that kept popping up in my notifications, but I have haven't looked at any of them yet so we're going to go right into that there will always be the next episode of ic star wars um but what's going to happen is we're going to go on a tiny bit of hiatus i only do these episodes when i actually have time on my hands um actually what's wonderful i'm going down to mexico to visit my brother and uh there's actually i have a bunch of friends down there there is expo collectionistas down at the central benamex um, in Mexico City, and it is a Star Wars expo. Um, so I like to go down to that every year, and I go uh, meet up with some friends, some IC members, some members of other groups and clubs, and uh, I get to talk about vintage Star Wars and buy, sell, and trade, and try to improve my Lily Letty collection, which is always difficult if you're here in the States. And uh, it's even difficult if you go down to Mexico. I've been going for about three years, and... Uh, I don't have everything I want. Shoot, I don't even have one on men on card yet, uh, but maybe this year. So I'll keep you posted when I come back. But until then, have a Merry Christmas. Have happy holidays, whatever holidays you do celebrate. Enjoy them. Enjoy the time with your family, your friends. And if you're bored or you don't want to enjoy the time with your family and friends, come over to the IC and enjoy the the time with your family over on the IC. Um, we'll be there all throughout the holiday season. And... Uh, we even have IC Secret Santa. I know that Phil Byers just sent out all the addresses. So all the Secret Santas have their, I guess, what would they be? Gift givers? Gift people? I don't know. They, they all have the person that they're going to be giving a gift to. And uh, that's going to be rolling here. And you'll see a bunch of posts on the IC about that and about people getting in their Christmas presents. So we're all very excited for that and uh without further ado let's go into the ask mike section at ic star wars okay let me just open this up okay and there are a bunch of questions so i'm glad we weren't went uh right into this what i do is uh the day before i record this section of the podcast my section of the podcast uh the the interview is already recorded yesterday but before i record my section of the podcast i put out a post on the imperial commissary that's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the imperial commissary um and i put up a post there and it's the ask mike section so i ask you folks over at the 
AIC uh, to ask me any questions that might be on your mind, whether they involve the community, whether they are questions about Star Wars vintage action figures or vehicles or anything to do with the Kenner lines. Um, well, Kenner Star Wars lines, I'm not very good at other lines, but I would like to mention we do have a brand new subpage, which is uh, www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash I see everything else. And uh, what it is, uh, Mark Ivan just started it up with uh, Chris Santon there, and they are having a page that is everything that's not vintage Star Wars toys. So if you have Thundercats or G.I. Joe or Mego or I don't know what they all are, Masters of the Universe, um, I only collect vintage Star Wars. I am a purist, if you want to call it that. Um, so I don't know much about it, but so many people really, really wanted this. A lot of collectors collect many different toy lines, so I was more than happy to bring it under the IC banner since it's going to follow the same rules, which are the strong stance against no repro and uh, not allowing anyone to be force added into the group and just keeping it a nice, solid community where the people are trustworthy and uh, where there are enough people on the admin squad to be focused on taking care of business and making sure that you guys have a safe environment to play. Um, that's what we're going for. Anyway, after that whole thing where I went off the off the rails there for a second. But anyway, back to the Ask Mike section. So what happens is every week I ask you folks over at the IC what you want to ask me about. So... And the first question is from Lando Thrawn. What's the farthest you've traveled to buy a piece for your collection? Um, I've traveled far. I've gone all over the world. Um, I love traveling. Um, I have to travel for my work, uh, my real jobs. <laughs> um, and, you know, whenever I go anywhere, I always try to fit in Star Wars, and that's how you grow a collection. I'm going down to Mexico, as I said before. I'm going down to Mexico. This will be the third year I'm going down there. Um, I'm planning a trip over to Europe next year, so hide your Harbert Fets. But I'll travel wherever the vintage is. I'll go anywhere. Um, I've gone all around the United States, anywhere I have to go. But also, I'm very... Um, I have a lot of trust in the Postal Service. I know a lot of people don't, but I feel that 99.9% .9 of the time it gets there undamaged. And if you're willing to roll those dice on that 1%, you know, you, you get away with saving a lot of airfare and time. And uh, one thing I don't have is a ton of time. As you can see from the way I release the podcast episodes, whenever I actually do have time to record them, which isn't every week and it's not every two days and it's not every second of every day. I just, I, I, I do a billion things. But um, next question. But the farthest I traveled is, I guess, I don't know, Mexico so far. Um, next question from Jay Schmidt. What are you looking forward to seeing in The Last Jedi? I am most excited to see Luke and Rey's relationship and see him train her in the ways of the Force. I am looking most forward to seeing in The Last Jedi Boba Fett. No, I don't think he'll be in it, but that would be awesome if he pops out of the corner. No, it wouldn't. They'll go up in price. Forget about it. Shh, don't tell anybody over there at Disney. Um, what do I want to see? I think the training will be really awesome. I want to see how the... Leia's story pans out, to tell you the truth. I mean, she's our princess, and uh, we have to know how that ends, uh, whatever way it does. And uh, I do want to see that. Um, I also want to see Kylo grow a little bit in the dark side and become more of a Darth Vader-y type instead of a emo rock band bass player type. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing how Poe pans out. I'm looking forward to find out why, uh, 
Well, that's a spoiler, so I won't talk about it. But it was in the uh, the preview there, and uh, Finn's storyline I'm interested in seeing. I'm also interested in seeing how they make Captain Phasma cool. Um, I think they totally blew it in the last movie. I don't think there was any reason for her to be there. Um, nothing against her in any way. I think it's great how the Stormtroopers were girls or guys or whatever, but I don't understand the bright silver storm. When are you ever going to use that outfit? I mean... If you're standing in front of, like, one of the horrible spaceships from Naboo, which George Lucas created in some way because he was looking at the mercury in a thermometer for too long or something, I don't know. But, uh, I don't know. If you've ever had a black vehicle and you've driven it for about 10 seconds, you'll know there is no way to keep anything that clean. Uh, so, I don't know. But uh, we'll see how it pans out. So all those things. Um, I'm interested in being right about the Porgs uh, and seeing that they just turn out to be glorified sequels. And I'm also interested in finding out who is Snoke. Hashtag Ezra is Snoke. I won't let that one go. <laughs> all right. Next up, uh, there is actually a reply to Jay's. Uh, oh, it's just he said, oh, and learn more about Ray's heritage. Um, Phil Banger is the next one. What would you classify as an in-the-wild find? Craigslist, estate sales, friends addicts, etc. Um, what I would classify as an in-the-wild find is anything found in the wild. Now, whether you happen to see it on Craigslist and you go to someone's house um, and you meet them in their kitchen and you talk to them and then you get their Star Wars stuff, I mean, that's the wild. Even though you found the the connection the 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 little tiny thread to pull on off of craigslist that's still in the wild if you get in your vehicle and go out into the wilderness of human beings where you are rolling the dice as much as you could roll the dice because you could open a front door into a lot of different worlds um but as soon as you get into that point where you're doing that, that's the wild. Anywhere at a flea market. You happen to find that thing in a bin. You happen to find it at a, I don't know, they do a mile-long flea market out here and people walk up and down and, and sometimes people find some stuff. Um, you find it in an antique store where it just shouldn't be. Anywhere you find it where it's not just some collector that you happen to meet somewhere that, well, no, even if it is like that. But as long as it's not like, let me think. All right, perfect example. There was a guy on the Imperial Commissary, I don't know if anybody remembers, but about a year and a half ago, and he was putting up pictures every two, three, four days, and videos about once a week, and he would say, look at this, it's cool, we just found it in my dad's garage, we used to collect vintage Star Wars a long time ago, and now we found something to rekindle this love that we have of Star Wars, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, he posted these for about a year on a bunch of different Facebook pages, mostly on the Imperial Commissary. All said not for sale, and all were incredibly unbelievable videos. I mean, it would be like, here's a box. He's opening a cardboard box, and in that box would be like every droid's carded figure times two. And then he would open another box, and it would just be full of men on card power of the force. And he'd open another box, and it's just like 12 backs. And it was just, it was phenomenal. Phenomenally amazing. Everybody gave him a million likes on his video, and so on and so forth. What happened is uh, a collector ended up buying that. Um, he bought that whole lot. Uh, he went out there with a the U-Haul, grabbed it all, did very, very well, and that's wonderful. Um, and he called it a wild find. That's not a wild find. It's a very good find. It's a phenomenal find if you're somebody hunting for Star Wars toys. But it's not a wild find if you found it on the Facebook groups because somebody was blabbing about it and trying to circumvent the rules for a year and a half. 
you just kind of fell into it. Um, but if you're driving down the road, okay, and you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden on the right-hand side of the road, right off the highway, there's this giant flea market, and it says, I don't know, Big Land Flea Market, and you pull off the highway and you pull into there, and they have fried Oreos and fried butter out of a stand, and there's one bathroom that about 2,000 people have already used, that kind of place is the wild. And you walk around and you look at junk for hours and hours, and you see... Uh, plastic flowers and bird baths and junk just stuff that you can never use broken items and there's some toys in the corner and you go look and oh what could they be and they're modern 12 inch nonsense star wars things <laughs> and you get disheartened but then you dig and you dig some more and then you dig in that one bin or you go through that one other bin and you go around and then all of a sudden in the very corner, there's something that you see, and you dig for it, and you go down there and you pull it out, and it is just what you're looking for. Whether it be a hollow tube Tuscan Raider, or a red bar R5, or a blue snaggletooth, or a double telescoping anything. All of these things were manufactured, produced, and released in the United States. They could literally be in any shoebox, in any of your neighbor's houses, in any of your friend's houses, at any flea market, at any antique mall, at any mom-and-pop buy-sell-and-trade store, anywhere in the United States. Now, many other countries, it's harder to find, but they're everywhere. I mean, these toys were everywhere. You just have to find them. And the thing is, is no matter who you are, I challenge you to one thing. Think right now. There is a box in your house or your apartment or your car or your RV or your rock you live under. But either way, there is a box. And in that box is stuff you don't remember you have. Guaranteed. Everybody in the world. So if you run into the person that one of those boxes happened to be Star Wars... Ta-da! You have yourself an in-the-wild find. Now, the way you find those in-wild finds is you talk to everybody. Hey, how you doing? My name's Mike Havens. I run the Imperial Commissary. I love Star Wars toys. Don't care who knows. As I say later in the interview, well, I won't waste it, but I say, if I could walk around and just have a Boba Fett on my t-shirt and staple $100 bills to my t-shirt, I would. You know, but you'll get robbed doing that, so I don't advise it. But uh, I, I, I would do it. I mean, that's all I want random people to know you meet hundreds and hundreds of people every week and you don't talk to 90 percent of them but if you do talk to any of them whether it's the person at your quickie mart or your barber or your doctor or your dentist or your mailman or your garage man or whatever i got stamps i got those rubber stamps vintage rubber stamps from my mailman he had them laying around that's because he knows i like star wars that's how it happens. That's how you get wild finds. You get people out there in the public that connect you when they think your name. As soon as they see any vintage Star Wars, it's immediately you they think of. And then they call you and then you get a wild find. That's how that works. I actually just had a question pop up in my PM here from Mark Bear. Um, he says, do you remember uh, the Kenner... Uh, weapons being packaged with Mexico, made in Mexico, Letty carded figures. Thought it might be a good topic. Um, so his question was about the uh, the Lily Letty uh, 
figures that are on Made in Mexico cards. What happened is way back in the day, once the manufacturing moved from uh, overseas, uh, Hong Kong and China and stuff like that, um, it moved to Mexico once they became cheaper. Um, and then what happened is towards the end of the Kenner line, supposedly, I don't know if this is 100% true, this is the story that's come down over the years, so I think it's true personally, but uh, what happened is the Lily Letty figures, uh, the Lily Letty company was still manufacturing figures once Hong Kong and stuff was pretty much done. Um, so what would happen is Kenner had leftover card backs and stuff, and they would get figures from Letty that would go up there, and they would seal them onto the cards um, with Kenner accessories that were left over and overstock parts and stuff like that, just to blow them out at the end of the line. Um, there are a bunch of figures, and what it is is they'll be on a Made in Mexico card. If you flip over the card, you check on the bottom of it, it'll say Made in Mexico. Um, sometimes they are covered up by an Anakin offer sticker, uh, but it will be there. There's certain ways to tell. Now, these figures were, let me see if I can remember them all. Uh, Paplu. Well, Paplu and Lumet, they're always... Uh, made in Mexico, no matter what card they come on, even if they're a Power of the Force, Kenner card, American, it's the same exact uh, one you will get in Mexico. Um, it's just the way it is. Uh, Reyes, uh, there's the Ewok, Chief Chirpa, uh, Nine Num, uh, Klaatu, Biker Scout, Low Gray, they did like all the Ewoks there, uh, Darth Vader, uh, you can find Lily Letty Vaders with Lily Letty accessories, Darth Vader's on, uh, those cards, Gam Guards, sometimes you can find them with the Lily Letty, uh, axes, um, then squid heads, uh, you'll find squids, uh, usually with Kenner capes and Kenner blasters, but the actual figure was, uh, Letty, um, Yoda, and sometimes you find those with all the accessories that are Letty, too, uh, but not always, so you have to check. I mean, it's you check the variations of accessories more than you check the variations of actual figures, to tell you the truth, once you get into it a lot. And, uh, shoot, I don't know. Lando Skiff? Yeah, Lando Skiff is another one, but uh, he's another one where it can go uh, either way with the... See, what happens is it can go either way with the Kenner Overstock stuff, or the actual Letty stuff. So you just have to check each part individually on that card. Um, I'm 90% sure those are all. I didn't write down a list or something here, so I don't I don't know which ones I've said. But uh, I think those are all. If not, I'm sure it's easily Googleable. Um, just type in what Kenner cards or what made in Mexico. I don't know what made in Mexico or what Lily Letty figures came on made in Mexico cards. Vintage Star Wars. Pop that in Google. I bet you it'll work out for you. But uh, those are the ones that I know of and. Uh, it's always good. It's always good to have another variation to hunt that can make something more rare or more valuable that will help you improve your collection, whether it be by putting that item on yourself or by reselling it in order to make money to buy more Star Wars. Alrighty, next up for questions, Dave Moore. What do you think about CAS grading toy Tonys? Yes, they are labeled TT, but a con artist could easily remove them from the case. Seems a misstep from such a well-respected company. Um, I think it's everybody's choice to do whatever they want. Uh, it's your toy, do what you want, that's what I always say. Um, as far as CAS grading them, it's better than... I don't know what it's better than. I mean, at least they have a label, so that way, for some collectors for a while, it'll protect the hobby. Um, I don't really think it matters whether or not they grade them. I don't think it'll change the Toy Tony thing at all until people start... <sighs> 
All right. <laughs> Here's my personal opinion on Toy Tony. Until people start taking a hole punch and punching a hole right through that card that says a T or something like that, it's never, ever going to stop. Ever. And here's the problem. People buy something. You, you ever hear, you made your bed, now lay in it? My mom used to say it all the time. It was one of her favorite phrases. And usually it came after I got myself into a little bit of hot water or a little bit of trouble. And uh, it essentially means, hey, you're the one who screwed this up. Um... You know, just just take the hit and move on. And that's what I personally would do. That's what I personally would like people to do. I know many people still buy, sell, and trade these things, which I think is completely ridiculous. Um, I think what people should do is put a stamp. And people go, oh, no, you don't want to ruin the card back, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing, my personal opinion, the card back's already ruined. It's had a random bubble glued to it with a used figure. I mean, it's already taken the step to ruined anybody who fights that fight it's the same kind of people that fight for repro and what they do is they say oh but it's repro and i know it's in my collection and i'll never ever ever let anybody ever ever sell it and i'll never make a profit off it and my wife knows and i told my kids and it's in my will and i have it on hold with my blood samples a list of every repro i have in my whatever your excuse is i don't live forever you don't live forever nobody lives forever period so what ends up happening is someday down the line, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, 500 years, 5,000 years, it's going to end up back in the market. And you're doing yourself a disservice, you're doing the community a disservice, and you're doing everybody else a disservice by perpetuating the Toy Tony thing. By allowing it to be sold, by trading it, by oh, doing anything with it. I mean, I, I dislike it immensely. Do I understand why CAS is doing it? Sure. For the one-off situations where they get a Toy Tony, they slap a label on it. So that way they don't have to cross the line where it's, hey, we got in this thing, somebody didn't know it was a Toy Tony, they're not going to take our word on it, we can't exactly rip it off the bubble, and we'd rather not just send it back to them without a label. Personally, if I had a grading company, I wouldn't send anything back to anybody without a label because you want a reason why it's like that and so that's why i don't really fault cas for doing that in any way because all they're doing is taking in something that's fake slapping a label on it that says it's fake and sending it back to the customer they can't exactly just trash it i mean there's business laws to worry about and you can't just throw it out. So, no, I don't fault them, and I see why they do it. So it does give them an option to return Toy Tonys without them being not marked. You know what I mean? They can't just go take a Sharpie out and write Toy Tony on it. As much as I wish we lived in a world like that, it's not something that they could do. And I'm quite sure they would get sued if they tried to do such a thing. But I'd try to back them. <laughs> um... Even AFA, AFA just doesn't grade them anymore. But the thing is, is AFA used to grade them, so until they start calling back those serial numbers, I mean, that doesn't work out either. Um, I don't I, I don't know what the perfect way is. I'm glad I don't run either of those companies or am part of either of those companies, so it's not really my problem to deal with, but I'm sure it's a problem. And I can't understand the reason why CAS would slap a label on it, Um I don't think it really affects whether or not somebody down the line is going to rip off somebody with a Toy Tony because they do it with, it with or without that label. The ones I have problems with are the people that sell Toy Tony that are in those AFA graded cases where everybody knows it's a Toy Tony, where it comes out it's a Toy Tony. And if they just 
Because another argument you always get with the Toy Tony thing is, is, well, what if somebody's wrong? Well, then I'm sure that if you posted it up straight on a board and you ask reliable resources, because it's the internet, everybody's going to have an opinion. But we all know who the reliable resources in this community are. And if you ask the reliable resources and it comes to the conclusion with all those reliable resources that it's Toy Tony, it should 100% of the time be ripped out of the AFA case where it has a 90 grade. I think that is insane, and I think it's completely abysmal they never asked for those back. Um, I, I don't know. I, I sure would have. And maybe they can't have them back, but maybe there's no way to tell. I, I don't know. There are ways to tell what's Toy Tony and what's not, and if they take actual detailed photos or something like that, and if they have since day one. But I don't really know how that process works. Um, but if, if they have Deacon detailed photos since day one and they could tell which ones of those serial numbers hold toy Tonys inside them, they should fry those serial numbers or they should at least notate it on the AFA website. I don't know why they don't step up and do that, but, um, I don't know. I can't I can't speak for companies I don't know. I think they both do a really good job and I think in their heart both the companies are trying to do good for the community. Um but hey, these are personal opinions, and uh, sometimes they could be misguided, but I personally believe I'm completely right on this. Um, but I might be wrong. Who knows? Next question. Uh, Jake Repus. With the Jeff Glanville fake Beggy scandal at the state of the start of the year and the upcoming announcement for a grading from a grading company of the fake sealed mailers, of which I have one. What do you think the future holds for these types of items? And going forward, how does the community differentiate between original and repro, considering they're becoming so skilled at reproduction vintage toys? All right. That's a good question, Jake. <laughs> um, all right. Why not? Yeah. This is what I think. <laughs> With the fake baggy thing, it happens. There's fakes. There's fakes. They started doing the fakes in the early 90s, um, and they're just getting better and better. The only way to fight fakes is to share your knowledge. Share your knowledge, share my knowledge, share his knowledge, share her knowledge, share everyone's knowledge. For the community to come together as a whole, stand up against these things, and fight them to the best of their ability. If you see something, say something. It's very much like... The world we live in, you know, if you see something, say something. If you see something you think is Toy Tony, say something. If you see something that is a fake baggie, say something. Don't be rude. Don't be cruel. Just be nice and say, hey, I think that this shows this and this, which I believe are tells of this. And then tag somebody that would know. We all know who the baggy people are because these are the people who figure out that those are fake. And if those people can figure out they are fake, then that means that information exists. And if we all share that information together, we'll be able to grow this hobby and we'll be able to continue to get better at spotting repro. But I am quite sure before TIG and before that first repro sank to the bottom of a bowl of water, and don't think that the bowl of water test is for everything. I mean, only blasters. And that goes into a whole nother thing. We'll talk about another time or PM me or ask anybody. But uh, don't just do the float test and throw stuff out, please, folks. Um, but when that first repro, repro, that everybody knows is a repro that has pain on it, sunk to the bottom of that glass, somebody didn't know it was repro. It took collectors at that time to figure out what was different about that than what was different about the real one. And to differentiate those two, take pictures and inform the community. And that's what still happens. That's why we know about the Jeff Glanville fake baggy scandal. 
I mean, but that also was like some artist guy that like put time and effort and his life into making fake baggies. I mean, that's just super duper shady. And you're going to have super duper shady people all the time. And you just have to have constant vigilance and you have to tell your friends and you have to keep it, um, keep the community working together. I mean, it happened with, what was his name? Uh, Pablo Artizi, where he made all the fake top toys. And then there was the other guy, uh, what was his name? The Toy King, the Box King, the Box King, where he made all the fake boxes. Hundreds and hundreds of fake boxes. Shoot, I bought regular stormtroopers from the guy. He was, like, well-respected. Well, not well-respected. Everybody knew he was, like, a little bit of a shady dealer. But then he ended up being the guy that made, like, a billion fake boxes. The thing is, is can they be faked? Sure. But the one thing about fakes is you have to do many of them to make any kind of real profit. And if you're going to put in the kind of massive time and effort that these scumbags put in then they're going to want to make a profit off that. So they're going to make more than one. And then eventually, and usually very quickly with how quick the internet travels news, that repro is sniffed out, identified, and then people can watch for it in the future. Like the square butt on the back of the new Leia blasters that float. Because that guy down there, what's his name? Martin RV down in Mexico. Total scumbag makes the floating weapons. Um, or the guys on eBay that sell them. Snake River Man, Blue, Blue Snake, whatever, those guys, oh, terrible. But these are the kind of people that are out for themselves, not a true part of this community, and only care about one thing, the bottom dollar. Uh, next question up. Jonathan Pollock. I liked watching Retro Blasting Vehicle Restoration Projects because it's so amazing to see Michael French turn a completely trash vehicle back into its original state. This includes either re-gluing the stickers or printing out missing stickers to match the stickers on vehicles he's restoring. Do you think there's anything wrong with restoring vehicles like this? Jonathan, yes I do. Um, I think it's completely wrong. Why not make a custom? You can clean up stuff. You can wash it you can do some soap and water but these people that totally strip things and bleach things and rip them apart and ruin them i mean what's that going to do to that toy in the next couple years i mean what are you trying to make it look just like the original for go get an original save up put in the time put in the effort get an original don't print out fake stickers because it just looks fake and then when a real collector sees it, it just looks fake. Michael French has done some neat things with plastics, but if it was Michael French does plastics instead of retro-blasting vintage Star Wars, I'd watch it. But to tell you the truth, I don't I don't love what that, what that does. I mean, I, it puts beat-up stuff that has gone through the ringer and then that gets just stripped back into the market. And do I mind people cleaning their toys? No, it's your toy. Do whatever you want. But do I mind putting repro stickers on toys? Yeah, I do. Do I mind when people glue the stickers back? Yeah, kind of, I do. I mean, if you want to put a piece of tape on it, fine. <laughs> but once you glue and once you try to get it back to looking right and to looking like it is an actual vintage piece, that's when you cross over the line into reproduction. I'm just going to touch on this really quick, and I know I've said it a million times, but the difference between a repro and a custom is a repro is intended to look like the original. A custom is intended to look like something new. Now, I always say with these things, if you retro blast your Falcon and you put, not, not repro stickers, no repro period on the IC, period. That's a zero tolerance policy. 
period. So no repro stickers. But if you want to clean a beater falcon and you want to make it clean and you want to even put up a, a YouTube video of you doing it on the IC, that's fine as long as you disclose it. But I also don't like that because the next person might not disclose it and the next person might not disclose it. Um, I think you should leave it alone. There's nothing wrong with dust on vintage. Some of them are really, really gross. Um, and if you do clean those up, all the power to you. But try to take off the old stickers and save them and maybe put them on with double-sided tape or something. Or I don't know. I, I don't restore things. Um, the reason why I don't restore things is because even though I understand the draw of that for somebody to rebuild something, I wouldn't want to do it myself because I don't have time like that, number one. And number two, I would much rather save up and get the good one and get the real one and get the the nice... Like, I worked for that, and I'm proud of it, and there it is, you know? Not like I cleaned that with a whole bunch of different chemicals and then printed off the stickers and glued them on. I mean, you're not making a Lego, you know? It's 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 a toy. It's And that's the thing. I mean, think about it. All right, think about it this way. I always equate it to cars. You have a vintage car, right? You have an old car, a beautiful Mustang Cobra or something, and uh, you get a dent in it, and you put Bondo in that dent. And then you cover that dent, or you cover that Bondo with paint. And it looks very, very good for about a week and a half to like a year. And then that pink starts showing through. And that pink just looks horrible. And then you could tell there's Bondo there. And then it starts getting a little wavy over time. And I, I promise you that that is going to eventually start happening with these things that are all retro-blasted to hack. And the reason why is because I believe that chemicals do things over time to different types of material. <laughs> and I think plastic is certainly one of those materials. So uh, next question here. But it's your toy. Do whatever you want. Um, just don't sell anything repro on the IC ever. That's what we take away from that. Um, David Michael, for 2017, what was your best value purchase? was the, where there was a distinct difference between what you paid and actual value and what was the one item you overpaid for. Pfft, one item. <laughs> and why are both purchases relevant to you? Um, cheapest thing I've been able to buy in this past year? Let me think. Hmm. I have no real idea. Um, I would have to say... Well, see, I don't really keep books, so it's not like I can just go into a book and tell you what the biggest percentage is on something I bought. But um, I would have to say, you know what? I have a good one. My celebration ticket. It was the VIP pass. It was worth every single penny because I got to cut lines. I got to be in front. I got to go around lines. I didn't have to stand in any lines. I did not have to sleep on concrete floors and so on and so forth. It was also the worst buy of the entire year. And the reason why is because you really didn't get to skip lines, right? And you really didn't get to go around things, right? And you really, well, I didn't have to sleep on the floor. That's for true. Um, but you didn't get any perks. There were no benefits. I mean, it was $750 a piece. And all you did was get a little bit of a different card. Um, I still have. I'm actually looking at it. It's hanging right over my computer desk right here. Um, my celebration bed where I got Mark Hamill to autograph it, which was really cool. And then in the plastic case that comes with it that you carry like business cards in and stuff, there is the VIP line line skip card 
And that VIP line skip card for autographs has not even been punched or marked once. I still have all six of my line skips. Um, the reason why is because it was totally not set up right. Um, they just... It was a complete disaster. Uh, the lines were all incorrect. They didn't have enough people. And if they did have people, there were 50 of them with all top shirts on sitting in the back eating sandwiches. Um, there was never anybody there doing their job. I, I've never seen something like that in my life. The guys that were handing out the pictures, they were great. Um, but that was like the day before or earlier. Uh, the ones that would give you the pictures that would go get the autographs. The people doing the autographs were great. And the people even trying to control the lines were great. But the problem is, is if you send a, sell a VIP badge where there's like a rule where they get to skip the line. And then those people with the VIP badge that paid a lot of money... Um, have to like go around the way and sneak under lines and stuff in order to get an autograph that's something was done incorrectly and i really didn't like that part of it so it was my best and worst purchase of last year um absolutely by far um i could also say the same thing about boba fett's boba fett's are the best and worst purchases every year because i buy so many of them that i find some dirt cheap and i find some really expensive um what are your collecting goals for 2018 is the next question. That's from Ross Barr. Gee whiz, Ross. That's a curveball that's like, I don't even know what I'm going to eat for lunch, man. Um, <laughs> uh, collection goals for 2018. I would like to, uh, I used to have all my Power of the Force on this spinning tower, and I didn't really love the Power of the Force, and I had a bunch of Boba Fetts that started piling up, so uh, I needed to open up space and i decided to open up that tower as a space so i could have a boba tower of loose and a boba tower of carded and i have about uh 20 of them on that on that shelf there's about well power of the force was what 56 um so there's another shoot 26 30 spots for carded boba fets um so i'm trying to fill that up by next year that's the plan um i'd love a rocket firing boba fett but here's the thing with rocket firing boba fett okay Rocket Firing Boba Fett is very, very awesome, but he is also about the most common pre-production piece there is. He's not a common production piece. He's not a common piece at all. He's very hard to find and very, very sought after, and that's what commands the massive price tag he commands. And he does command that price tag because only one or two of them come out every year, and everybody wants to get it. So what I've been doing is I've been looking at him, and I've been seeing it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I was born in 1980. I'm going to outlive a lot of people that have been collecting since 1977. And hopefully, since I'm not going anywhere, one will shake loose eventually. I, I was saying it uh, to a friend the other day, but it's uh, once you retire, what are you going to... What are you going to do? Are you going to take 8 million carded figures? I mean, some of these collections are ridiculously massive. I mean, look at my collection. Take my collection, for example. And I've only been doing it a while, so people have hundreds of times more stuff than I do. Now, if you take my collection, it would take a team of movers to move all this stuff, let alone you're going to have to put it into a house that's going to be the exact same size. I can't exactly move to a, a condo in Boca Raton, Florida, and, you know, have what i have right now it's it's not going to happen so other people are going to face that threshold before i do and uh i'll just wait and eventually somebody will cough one up or eventually enough people will be coughing them up at the same time because it's there's a bunch of them there's 120 or 160 or whatever the number is who knows but there's a bunch of them and i know of new ones that have been found within the past few years um i even know of a new one that's been found within 
just now. Um, so they're out there and that's the thing. I'm not going to go shoot myself in the foot and pay 60 grand. I mean, I've got real jobs. I have a regular life. I'm not a billionaire in any way. I don't have private jets fly me everywhere. I've never even been on a private jet. Um, so I'm not at that level where I can just be going and buying Darth Vader's entire outfit for my collection room that was like screen used and costs $800 million. I I don't have that ability. Hopefully someday um, I hit the lotto and I could buy Boba Fett and put him in the corner. That would be great. But until then, I'll have to stick to uh, leftover 501st uniforms that I get for a good deal off of Craigslist. But I'm okay with that. You know, that's collecting, Um, which is really cool because I'm happy that I can be in the position to afford something like that. I just got that 501st outfit and it's awesome. And as I'm sitting there putting together a shiny mannequin man <laughs> and I'm like, where is my life taking a wrong turn? But, uh, it, uh, it came out really nice and it looks really cool in the corner of the room there. And, uh, it actually totally scared the heck out of me today. I was walking into my collection room because that new Facebook page we made up, uh, it's uh, for all the toys that aren't Star Wars, and I have one non-Star Wars toy in my house, and that's a vintage Snake Eyes, um, and I went and took a picture of that, but when I walked into my collection room there, that Stormtrooper was staring there, and he, he sure, uh, he made my heart skip a beat, to say the least, um, so maybe I won't outlive any of you, but uh, for 2018, Ross, I would like to uh, do that Boba Fett tower first and foremost. I would love a rocket-firing Fett if I could find one for a, a fair price for somebody who is always around the community and always on the deals and always hunting. And, I mean, you know, if there's a chance that I could find one randomly in a hunt one day for five grand... That's crazy, and I don't know if I can just go pull the trigger on 50. I mean, 50 grand, that's, no. It's, I don't know. Maybe I'm not cut out for it. I don't know what it is. But since I did put up my, I have 20 grand cash for a rocket that I have been getting really cool PMs with really cool things for sale. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. If there's one thing I'm starting to learn from collecting, since it's getting into the higher end, most expensive, very expensive items, um... It's there are many different ones that come out. And if you're patient, you will have the chance to hop on things for good deals um, that you'll be psyched that you have. And I just don't want to buy stuff and really regret it. Um, I don't really like that stuff like that. I end up looking at it and I get frustrated. And usually you end up regretting something when you buy it for triple the price it's worth by accident. <laughs> uh, next up, there's a couple of replies. Uh, I know, just great question, blah, blah, blah. And next up is Ryan Stahl. I am behind at the podcast at the moment and apologize if this topic has already been covered, but would it be possible to have representatives, ideally both CAS and AFA, on the program? I would like to hear them talk with you about the process of submitting an item grading and discussing actual costs associated. For example, su- submitting a loose Boba Fett versus a carded vet. Yes, we did do one of those Ryan Stoll. Um, if you look back at www.imperialcommissary.com forward slash ICSW, you will see the interview with Ross Barr from CAS. I have also reached out to AFA on a few occasions. Um, they reply and they always say they'll talk to management and maybe one day, but uh, they still haven't been on um, I'll, I'll reach out to him again. I'll shoot him another email. I'd love to have AFA on. I use both. Um, but I got to tell you to be 100% honest, my, even though I have an AFA platinum membership, 
um, which I pay lots of money for every year, 300 bucks. Um, I, I am starting to send everything to CAS. And the reason why is because when I have a question, I reach out to somebody on Facebook and they answer me in two seconds. I mean, I've called AFA a hundred times since I started using them three years ago. And my phone calls have been picked up maybe eight of those times. Um, I have called CAS 20 times. Uh, and every single time my phone calls picked up. And uh, I imagine e- even when I don't call, I just write Ross or Todd or somebody and they answer me right away. I mean, it, it's different. Um, I I would love AFA to come on. I, I think AFA does some great work. They've been around forever. It was a really great idea. Um, but so was Kmart and Ames. And uh, <laughs> next question, uh, Darren Thomas, were you tempted or did you bid on the AFA 95 loop that was at auction recently? Why do you think it went for such crazy money? It went for such crazy money because it was a 95 Luke, and that's crazy. Um, AFA doesn't give out 95s um, ever. Uh, AFA hardly even gives out 90s. Um, so they, uh, no, did I bid on it? No. I don't even like Luke Skywalker. I would never do that in a bazillion years. Um, I did bid on the Trilogo Fat a little bit till it went up, 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 up. And uh, I actually just passed on one like four months ago for like half of what it went for. So I think that's the other thing. If you're plugged into the community, it's a total different price structure than if you're just somebody randomly clicking on some random auction from the outside. Because you're fighting with people like... Leonardo DiCaprio's assistant and Rick Springfield's assistant and what's that guy from Lord of the Rings? The Hobbit guy he collects too. Uh, I can't remember his name. Green Street Hooligans. Bunch of movies. North. Well, that's killing me. I don't know his name. Elijah Wood. He collects too. Um, But (laughs) anyway, what I'm saying is there's lots of people with tons of money. Way more money than I'm ever going to even look at in my life in pictures. Um, If I Google image money for the next 8,000 years, I'm never going to see it. So these people have their assistant or their assistant's assistant or their assistant's assistant's assistant bid on these things and they go for astronomical prices and I certainly can't fight for them. And to tell you the truth, the difference between an AFA 90 Luke and an AFA 95 Luke, to me, is negligible. Um, The difference between a 95 and an 80, it's a little bit different. Some 95s look some 95s look really incredible. Um, but the thing is, is, wouldn't you rather have a Tower of Boba Fett than that? Because I would. <laughs> um, next up, Michael Cooper. What imperfection could you tolerate more on a Minon card? Cracked bubble or removed pop? Uh, removed pop all day long. I would rather have shaved pop if I had to. Uh, I really don't mind the shaved pop. Some of them look perfectly fine from the front. And I kind of like the way that some kid back in the day said, well, I don't want to ruin this, but I want my free figure. Um, I think that's kind of neat. Remove pops, too. It's part of the history of the toy. Um, Broken bubbles just means it got broken. Um, I've seen... I've seen the Soul Crushers, um, which is, uh, like, the best card you've ever seen. Beautiful, crystal clear bubble vibrant beautiful card and then you look in the bubble and there's like that big hole from where somebody just like gashed out the pop um and you're just like no but uh those are cool too because you look at them and they're just you know it's a cool thing to see but that's part of the history you know some kid back in the day wanted that free figure and that's okay too 
Um, cracked bubbles, I I always fear they're going to crack more. They're tough to ship. They're tough to buy. They're tough to get shipped to you. They're tough to sell. Um, and a cracked bubble is one bad shock hit away from being a loose figure in a card back. Whereas you can shake a removed pop all day and that figure's never going to fit through that tiny little pop hole. Uh, next up, Cody Taylor, which Star Wars toy line besides the Kenner line do you love the most? Well, I'll say Disney diecast. No, <laughs> those things are terrible. They fall over, but I have a bunch of them. Um, you know what? The, the, nah, I guess Black Series. Black Series makes some cool ones, but some are really bad, like Luke Farmboy with Crocs, and, uh, I don't know the other ones, but I did like the Han Stormtrooper and the Luke Stormtrooper. The Bosk was cool. The Boba Fett was cool. Um, so yeah, I'd say Black Series. Uh, some of the 3.75s I like, like the Rebels ones, I thought they were really cool. Andrea has them downstairs. Um, but I did not, I think I like those more for the characters that they are. But I didn't like their Rogue One ones, like Chirrut Imwe, uh, falls over because his feet are super duper tiny, or any of the girls. Any of the girls have these, like, little teeny tiny high heels. Now, if you take the new Leia from the Rebels set, or the new, I don't know who else, uh, the Seventh Sister is another one that always falls down on Andrea's self. But uh, if you take them and you match them up and you look at Leia Endor, she had heels on. I mean, they're boot heels, granted, but she still can stand. These figures don't stand. I don't understand how a toy company can make a toy where it won't stand up when it's an action figure. I mean, what do people do with these? They put them on the shelf or they put them on the wall, especially with Star Wars ones. And even kids that play with them, you want some to be standing. You don't want two figures that you got to hold. You want an army of them that you could set up for a cool battle. You know, at least I did when I was a kid. I mean, what's the point of an action figure that doesn't stand? That turns into like a teddy bear and then that belongs on like your bed. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people take down like, five teddy bears and army build them I don't, I don't know i i was maybe it's not something i was into but as far as star wars guys is concerned um i definitely like the black series line but that vintage line it just because the thing is the vintage line has the nostalgia factor which is a whole different side of the thing i mean it it makes your wallet open a lot easier when it's nostalgic to your heart um, and the new stuff really isn't like that. The new stuff, the only connection is, is it's Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. So, uh, it's never gonna have the kind of draw that, uh, the old stuff has for me. I mean, I, I like that Black Series Obi-Wan where it, you, you press the button and it's, uh, the, the hologram Leia does the, you know, you're my only hope part. Um, that was pretty cool. It looked nice. But then they mess up ones, too. Like, the Black Series Leia looked weird. But Leia's always look weird. Um, next up. Uh, Jordan Peltzer. What's one of the first items you sold back when you got back into collecting that you regret getting rid of? And other than the obvious rocket-firing boba, what's another grail item you've yet to find? Take care, brother. Love all the work you do on these podcasts especially. Thank you very much, Jordan. I appreciate that. Um, all right. First question was, what was the first thing I sold that I regretted getting rid of? Hmm. I'll tell you, I've sold a couple rocket removable rocket fets, Lily Letty removable rocket fets, and it's kind of a bummer now because they're worth like 10 times what they were when I sold them. But, uh... I don't really have regrets like that. Um, I'd like to quote Sinatra. <laughs> regrets I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. Um, the reason why is because there's always another. 
These are not Highlander. Um, I don't care what they are unless you really get into rare one-of-a-kind prototype uh, prototype uh, pre-production items. Like, I mean, there was a pre-production item I was working on that somebody I thought that they were a friend kind of stole from me. And uh, that kind of stuff happens too. But I don't even regret that. The way I look at it is I know not to tell that person next time I get some, my hands on something really cool. Um because money obviously means more to them than the community. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, what was your uh, your second question, brother? And other than the obvious rocket-firing Boba, what's another Grail item you're yet to find? To tell you the truth, Top Toys, Luke Jedi, and Top Toys Yoda, Minon cards. They're... I, I think Top Toys... All right. I put up a post and said, I want a rocket firing fet. Here's 20 grand. And about 30 people PM'd me and told me how my price was way off, but they had one if I wanted to buy it for 50. Um, <laughs> I have pretty much done the same thing, even in Argentina, about Top Toys Luke Jedi and Top Toys Yoda, and nobody writes me. Nobody says, I got them. I'm saying it on the podcast right now. Hey, write me a PM if you have Top Toys Luke Jedi and Top Toys Yoda. You're going to make a bunch of money from me. And watch, nobody's going to write. I think these things are ridiculously hard to find. I think they're some of the hardest to find production items there are um, in the world. Uh, I don't think people give them enough credit yet, and I hope they keep not giving them enough credit so I could still afford the Luke and Yoda. Um, I did finish that Top Toys this year. That was really cool. But the Luke and Yoda need replacement because uh, they're reseals. Reseals. Let's talk about reseals real quick just because I touched on it. Um, a reseal is just something that's glued back. And I am usually against reseals if they look like professionally resealed in order to look like the original. You know what I mean? If they're resealed to the best of your ability but you get up close to it and you look and you can tell it's a reseal and you're never going to sell it as anything but a reseal, it's fine. Um, the reason why is because there's some things that are so hard to get. I've been trying to get a Lily Letty Boba Fett for three years. I have been to Mexico many times. I bring them awesome things, and I bring money, and blah, 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 and I beg, and I plead, and they ignore me. Uh, and they don't really ignore me. They just, the people that have them won't part with them, and I can understand that. Um, but someday they will have babies and wives and families, and then they'll give Mike a call. <laughs> but until that day, I have to settle for a um, ripped bubble, uh, ripped open Lily Letty Boba Fett card back. Just the card back. I have the figure too, but separate. You know, it didn't come with that card. Um, but just the card back. And I'm happy with it. And the reason why is because that's the very best you can get of that for me. I mean, I've tried. And uh, I will eventually find one that's carded and what I want. And then at that time, I'll be able to move this one and give it to somebody or sell it to somebody that'll be able to love it as much as I love it. I mean, I love that card. It's so cool. And I don't, I've never seen another one. I mean, I think I know one other guy with one that's a uh, card back. And then I know uh, a couple guys with carded ones. And those are the only ones I know of. It's not like a thousand people have them. Shoot. It's not like even 120 have them. That's the thing with that Rocket Fire and Boba Fett and why I'm going to wait is because there's, I think there's more of those. Well, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but uh, personally, my personal opinion, 100% personal opinion, I think there's more Rocket firing Boba Fetts than there are Top Toys Luke Jedi, period. I, I've been looking so hard and I... <laughs> Unless somebody's got like a hundred of them, but I've never even seen a picture. But I've seen a picture of nine rocket fets sitting together. 
I've seen shelves with two or three of them in there, no problem. I mean, all the big-time guys with the big-time collections that have Rocket Fets, they usually have an L slot and a J slot. I mean, there's quite a few of them out there. But you go ask every single one of those people with a rocket-firing Boba Fett and every single person with a massive collection how many of them have a Top Toys Luke Jedi. And I guarantee you, you don't get any 120 or 160 responses and nobody's going to walk into a flea market nowadays or somebody's house nowadays and find a brand new Luke Jedi sitting in a bin. No way. No way. I mean, they just... they're. I know of two rocket-firing Fets that have been found this year. You know what I mean? It's it's different. Um, so that's why I'm I'm waiting on that, and I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm i going to play my time. I'm going to bide my time, and that's the way it works out, um, is you you got to be patient. Uh, next one up, Wookie. Other than Mexico, have you traveled or thought about traveling to any other countries to go hunting? Yes, I will travel anywhere. Uh, somebody asked up above about the hunting, but I'll go anywhere for Star Wars toys. Just give me a holler and I'm there. <laughs> uh, Christopher James Letty. What is your view on payment plans to acquire high-priced items? Huh. I don't personally take out payment plans if I can avoid it. Um, I don't really like them. Uh, I let people do payment plans if they're trusted by me, if I've had dealings with them in the past, if they are a trustworthy person. And the reason why is I've been burnt on many payment plans. So I don't love them. Uh, what happens is somebody will be like, and I'll be the nice guy and be like, well, just give me a $50 deposit on like a $5,000 item. And then three weeks later, they tell me too bad, keep the 50 bucks. And I'm sitting there with an item that I already marked as sold um, and canceled the eBay listings and stuff. So it's frustrating. But I do... I do allow folks to do payment plans with me on higher-end items if I know them, if I trust them, if I've worked with them before, if they're good people and good members of the community, I'm always willing to help out. Um, is a payment plan a good thing? Yeah. I mean, shoot, none of us would have cars, or most of us wouldn't have cars if there wasn't some kind of payment plan on them. Very few people walk into a car dealership with $100,000 and say, give me that BMW. Um, if they do that, it's actually a huge financial mistake, but please talk to your accountant about that. Uh, you should never pay for a car with straight cash. Um, even if you are a accomplished rapper or, um, sports star, uh, there's no reason. Even if you have that much cash on hand, it's, it's insanity, but that's a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, payment plans, they work out because sometimes there's things you can't afford. Shoot. If somebody wanted to give me a payment plan on a $30,000 rocket fed, I'd sign it today. And I would pay it off. Um, the reason why is because then it doesn't take the pinch all at once. And uh, you can take your time and you could pay it off. And as long as you hit those numbers, then you're fine. I mean, I, I think it's a really good way to acquire higher-end pieces. But it all goes back to the same thing that all of this goes back to. And it's you got to be a trustworthy person and you got to be doing it with a trustworthy person. But any deal on the IC or any Star Wars page or even Star Wars or PM, WhatsApp, uh talking on a cell phone text message whatever it is if it's one trustworthy person on one end and another trustworthy person on the other end i'm quite sure it'll all work out um so yeah payment plans i, I think they're great what do you want you want something i got let's do a payment plan and you got some really cool stuff i know too I, I, you got something i want <laughs> 
Um, that's it for questions, folks. That is the Ask Mike section, and we're up to 52 minutes because there were a bunch of questions this week, so thank you so much for those. So what we're going to do right now is we're just going to roll right into the next part of IC Star Wars with the interview of Jason Annabel, where we're going to talk about how you can start collecting today. He's one of the admins over there at IC 101, and uh, he's also a mod over at the main IC. I'm sure you've met him or talked to him or spoken with him on the, the boards. And, uh, well, without further ado, here's the interview. The Emperor has been expecting you. Welcome to Episode 8 of IC Star Wars. Today we're talking with Jason Annable about starting your collection today. If you haven't been collecting yet and you think it's too late, it is not too late. We're going to give you the tips that you're going to need to know so you can start your collection the right way, the IC way, and you can find good stuff. It's always tough to get to know somebody in a quick interview, so here at IC Star Wars, we do a lightning round to break the ice. So first of all, hey Jason, how are you? Hey, I'm well, how you doing? Very good, brother, very good. Um, we're going to do a lightning round right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Return of the Jedi. Nice. I was um, born in 1980, but uh, the, the toys and all that stuff, uh, you know, Jedi, it was all about all about that. So um, that's still my favorite. I'm an 80s kid, too. So my dirty little secret is Return of the Jedi is the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. I had it on tape and actually on tape, man, it was terrible because uh, at the end of the tape, my sister taped over it with the Cabbage Patch Kids. So <laughs> <laughs> it was literally, all right, kid, let's blow this thing and we'll go home. And then it was, and went to the Cabbage Patch Kids. So I didn't know how that movie ended or that they got medals for about another three years. That's tragic. <laughs> it is, isn't it? But it was good. I got to watch it again and be excited. Um, all right, next one. Favorite Star Wars character? I have two. Um, I'm going to go with the Leia, Leia Bush or Bausch. I don't even know how to say it, but I, I, I would say Bush. Bush. I got two that's my Bosch, so that's my problem. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'll go with it. So that that that's mine. I loved um, and do still love, as as many people have seen by the forty or fifty that I've got on my shelf there. Um, I loved getting that that figure when I was a kid. I loved that the helmet, the fact that it had multiple accessories. There was just something about that that bounty hunter that that stuck with me. Um, it's just kind of imprinted uh, since I first saw it in the movie. So it's uh, it's been really cool to kind of army build that figure. And second, my accidental expensive focus EV99. Uh, that droid, um, I found an armless EV in the wild, like very early into you know when I when I really started to collect, and um, it just kind of sparked it from there. Um, I think I've got. 10 now two two carded <laughs> and uh it's just it's a problem uh to find those arms but i'll tell you I, I went from one armless to now i've got five with arms two mocks and six without arms see it's as starts. i look at them today <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's an interesting one but it, it really was an accident i didn't mean it uh, but but there they are <laughs> so 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 she's she's my my new favorite well she is a she so let's make sure everybody knows ev99 is a she <clears throat> not a he yeah uh, what's your favorite Star Wars toy line from A New Hope to TFA? I'd say it's got to be Jedi still. I um, love all the, the, the Jabba scene and, and, and all the stuff that, that goes with that. Those toys are just you know amazing. You get the Ewoks, you get Yoda. All, all the stuff that I love is, is, is from that, that toy line for sure. Right, right. All right, 8D8 versus EV99 in a battle of lanky robots in Mortal Kombat. Who wins and why? Uh, ev all the way she's got the the length um and you know i'm, I'm pretty sure 
when she has her arms in place, I'm sure she could just bend over, reach down, and, and toss that little ball wherever she wants. So it's uh, <laughs> it's got to be EV. <laughs> uh, Lucasfilm gives you a call tomorrow, and they say you can choose the next spinoff. What do you pick? I thought about this um, as it's come up in every other uh, podcast, but I, I kind of agree with some of the people, including yourself. I, I want to see just like, sort of like a, a random, you know, rebel commando or trooper th- through their 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 journey within the the films. Um, just something to give an outside perspective that that's not one of the the, the main characters. Well, great so, lightning round, brother. Yeah, that's a good one. So any random character that is not a main character. I like that one. Maybe if we get enough people to sign off on it, we could actually make it happen. Do a GoFundMe. Yeah, write a letter old school style to Kathleen Kennedy. She'll be go. like, what's this? We'll be like, a letter with a stamp on it. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, great lightning round. Uh, well, I know who you are, but let's fill in our listeners. Uh, Jason Annable, he's a member and moderator of the Imperial Commissary. He is also admin uh, and admin on IC101, and he just started collecting a couple years back. Uh, I actually went to college with Jason up in Newburgh, New York. We hung out all the time, Mount St. Mary represent. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to talk about that, though. Yeah, right? No, we hung out all the time, and and all that time, Star Wars never really came up because we were too busy trying to be cool. (laughs) <laughs> yes a lot of time went into that right <laughs> but uh you've been you've been collecting only for a short time couple years and you've become extremely knowledgeable about kenner star wars items and uh about star wars in general also uh you're one of the but uh, one of the most dedicated in the wild hunters that i know um i'm very excited to have you on ic star wars so without further delay uh you want to do some essay questions yeah let's go all right. What is your first Star Wars memory? Um, well, I actually have a photograph uh, from my first Star Wars memory. It's really, um, and we've we've had this conversation when I was first starting to get into collecting again. But it, it it's right under the Christmas tree. I was three years old. Um, I have my boxed Falcon, um, my Millennium Falcon. There's a picture of me with it sitting on top of the box, and I just remember. Christmas opening up all the the toys and I had you know a bunch of different you know figures that I was ripping open but the, but opening up that Millennium Falcon is like my first true real Star Wars memory. That's a good one. <laughs> I have none of those, man. My brother got to open them all and I got the hand me downs. <laughs> you, you still got them. So I did. That, that's... Yeah, I did. I did. Um, what got you into co- uh, collecting Star Wars? Like actually putting them up on the shelf. You. No, jeez, um, it's not Imperial, my fault. <laughs> it is. I blame you. You're, you're. It's just all your fault. So, you know, you, you and I have, you know, kept in touch over the the years, and you know, I was really on on Facebook. Um, I liked and and became a member of the Imperial Commissary to support my friend you. Um, in 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 seeing all of the, the posts and the photographs, and and really starting to pay attention to what was happening at the Imperial Commissary, it started to like, my, my brain just clicked on in, in a way that like just brought me right back under the Christmas tree, essentially. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was really, you know, seeing all the toys that I had when I was a kid, I, I, I just, um, I, I had to, I felt it was the right thing to do to, to go out and, and start to replace these toys that I had when I was a kid, just because of all the, 
the, the feelings that that watching all the great members of the Imperial Commissary and their their posts and, and what that did. And, you know, really, I didn't have any figures. I had, I had my shell of a falcon from when I was a kid. I had you rebuilt my, it, though, didn't you? <clears throat> I did. That was the yeah. first project uh, that, that really got me back into uh, my, my daughter. Um, we went to my grandma's house, found the old falcon, and, and she and I sort of started to build that from scratch. She's six. Um, she loves to hunt and she's getting good at it. And, and, and that was really what kind of got me back into it. The fact that she loved it, loved the movies. And, you know, we had some stuff to work with uh, to put the, the pieces together for, for that ship. That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, brother, you're one of the, for, for the new folks, there's something called the wild. And uh, <laughs> what the wild is, it's pretty much anything that you find out there in the wilderness uh, that doesn't involve the internets or Facebooks and stuff like that. Uh, it's actually getting out there and looking. Jason's one of the best wild hunters that I know. Um, he constantly stays at it. But let's tell the new folks, what is the wild and how do you hunt it properly? Oh, it's it's everywhere. Um, so... When I first, so I, I, I'm a collector of, of stuff, you know, I've just got, I've got all sorts of things. I've got these amazing, like, uh, talk about displays and how to display stuff. So I'm, I'm going to go backwards to go forwards and answer no, the question. Ahead. But so I've got all these shelves, these awesome, like legal, like bookcases, they're all covered like a uh, glass front. So I've, I've got all this stuff that's sort of like stacked and I go to antique, uh, antique shows and, or stores and, and flea markets. And I'm, I was already hunting. Um, it just wasn't Star Wars. So I, I sort of went back to, in my mind, I would notice the Star Wars stuff, but there was ne never, until the Imperial Commissary, there was never anything that was like, okay, I need to buy that thing, that, that Star Wars figure. But I had seen them, so I sort of went back, and, and you know, in the first couple of weeks and, and months, I think I sent you 20 pictures a day of just stuff that I was <laughs> finding out and about um, yeah. hit, hit up the local you know shops but it really the, the amount of time energy and effort to properly hunt um, I feel lucky because I was in, in a way I was already doing it I was already you know going to these places where you are, are, are likely to find something I just focused my energy into into really searching for it um, my job allows me to I travel all the time I'm I live in North Carolina. I live in Charlotte, but I'm out in, you know, Asheville or who knows where I'm all the time in my car. So I sort of incorporate the hunt into my days. I make my own schedule. I do my own thing. So it's, it's sort of easier uh, for me in a lot of ways to you got to search everywhere um, you go. I, I went to the same flea market for a year and never found anything. And then like two months ago at the end of the summer, um, I found a, a loose Lando just sitting there in a bin of stuff. So you never know when mm -hmm. you're going to find, you just have to keep, keep going and, and, and really look everywhere online, the brick and mortar stores, the antique places, just put it out there and, and it will, it will come to you. I found some amazing, amazing things. Um, and it's that, that's the rush. That's what I love. My most favorite thing is, is, is hunting these things that there's some things I don't even know what they are or what they're worth. And, and I'll get a message like, you don't know exactly what you have there, but I found this amazing thing that, complete somebody's collection and you know all i did was pop into a store because i did an internet search that there might be something there mm -hmm. and wouldn't you know it there's there's gold um and and that that's happened to me time and time again so i've been very i'll say lucky but it's it's work well that's how you build that kind of collection too you know not everybody has a pile of ev99s <laughs> i have a pile <laughs> 
Oh, wild. Um, all right, you've only been collecting a short time, right? When did you actually start buying Star Wars? It's Two been years? just under. It was like April or the spring. So it's been a year and a year and almost two years. All right, but your collection has got really awesome. I've seen some pictures of it. I always see pictures of it because we talk. And uh, so, how did you? How did you go from starting? Because it's hard, man, and you have to pace yourself or else this thing will crush you. And you have to go out there and you have to hunt the wild to find things that you can sell off to increase and better your collection. But how exactly do you get into this today? Well, with, with the market and the prices and everything. Yeah, it's the, doable, the but you have to how do you do it? Absolutely. So if you, I don't, I don't have just money to burn. So, like I always say, I buy and sell to buy and keep. Um, and you know, I've been, you know, lucky enough to be able to find some amazing, you know, pieces that have funded, you know, purchases or, you know, if you find a lot of figures, I'll mm -hmm. keep two and and sell the rest. I, I think that that's, um, you know, everybody's, you know, that's the easiest way to sort of fund your your hobby, your obsession, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, but but that's really um, that's really what I've done. I've, I've had, I made some amazing connections, you know, trading figures, but I bought three, I bought an Obi-Wan, a little Yoda and uh, a Chewbacca. Those are the first ones that I've, I, I purchased that I, I sent you the pictures to make sure the price was right. And I, I kept right, those. Right. I still, I still have those, but um, it's really just being diligent and, and looking everywhere, looking on eBay. You can still find some amazing deals there. Like you said, your 4 a.m. ice cream stuff, you know, <laughs> yep. they're out there. Um, there are. If you if you put it out there and you look in, in all the many places, you, you will find stuff and you keep what you want and, and you can sell or trade the rest to, to sort of fund your, your your passion, whatever it is that, that you love. And that's what I've been able to do. And as I'm sitting in my chair, spinning around my office where all my stuff is, I, you know, it's a shelf upon shelf of. Of, of Star Wars stuff. Uh, and I love it. Um, so the, the way that I was able to, to do it is not, you know, burning my, my, my paycheck on, on every other Friday, but, but by buying and selling, you know, toys that I've hunted, um, and, and, and helping, you know, using those, those funds to, to, to make other purchases for the stuff that I actually want. Well, see, that's something good to touch on. It is kind of dangerous if you're just taking your money from your real job, all your money from your real job, and putting it into toys. That's um, not good. Yeah, it's not good. But um, b because anybody's collection starts to get excessive, it just happens. Um, and the way you can make it safely happen is by, you know, getting rid of some things in order to attain other things. Um, so that's always smart. And then you can have an accidental EV99 focus by accident. That's it. Um, <laughs> when I th what what really helped me um, put an actual collection together was the the flash sales. I remember um, I don't even know who, whose it was, but I was in awe the first time I saw a flash sale. I was like, oh my god! Like, you, and you even told me you're like, you'll 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 find deals. You know, just you know, just be patient and keep watching. But those those flash sales are amazing, and they they happen all the time uh, mm -hmm. still. And and you're gonna find some some awesome stuff. You just I would just sit in my office or sit on the couch and, you know, have my phone open and he who has or she who has the best Internet connection wins. And yep. um, it's it, it's just it, it made it fun and engaging. And, you know, there was when I first started, I would I, I found myself just buying everything. Oh, mm -hmm. that, that that seems like a deal or I want that or I had that whatever, whatever, whatever the case was. And then it's sort of. I, I, I like my whole office floor and, and everywhere was just covered with stuff. So I had to figure out what, what direction do I go? And 
I really don't care about a loose run. I, I don't, that's not my, not my thing. I've got like my, my Leia bounty hunter shelf. I've got my Endor shelf, all my Ewoks, all those guys, my EV-99s. Got sort of my micro collection. That was one of the, my Bespin freeze chamber was the one, one of the, the few things I had from when I was a kid. My Yoda shelf and, and my, my Jabba shelf, you know, and, and my Falcon sort of area. So like those are the things that I, that I care about. So you sort of, you know, fine tune what it is that, that you like and those are the things that I like. So that's where I put, put all my, my effort. Um, I never pass up a good find out there or, you know, wherever, because somebody's going to want the thing. Um, so I use that to, to sort of keep funding what it is that I want. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's the only way to do it, man. And it's the only way for you to get massive collections. And, uh, it's also cause I even started late and I only started six years ago and it's, it's a, it's a task. You have to hunt the wild. You have to get out there. You have to talk to people. You have to just tell everybody that you're into vintage star Wars. Cause it's the only way that you can actually get stuff that is not at market price point. Shoot, man. If you're Leonardo DiCaprio, feel free, go on eBay and just click buy it now all day long or have your assistant do it. But I'm not that guy. <laughs> no, I'm not either. Um, but I, I, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, I found some, some really, you know, amazing, you know, things out, out in the wild. People talk about their, their grail or this or that and the rarity of a figure, but give us you know, a cool I've, wild story, man. Regale us with a tale. <clears throat> I was at a, a, a toy show in Greensboro, North Carolina, a couple hours away. And the night before I messaged a guy about a lot of figures, they were all first 12. Nice Leia, Luke, couple Jawas, couple Raiders, um, in a you know Star World case. He had it listed nice. for twenty five bucks, and I said, "Hey, I'll take it. I'm gonna be in Greensboro. I'll meet meet up with you in the afternoon." So I'm at the show, found some cool stuff there, and he messages me because you gotta like stay on it. You gotta continue to message because you can, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's the internet. It, you're just you don't know who these people are. So if you're not communicative, they might go to somebody else so i right. kept messaging him you can I'll lose a deal in 10 seconds exactly he's internet. like hey he's like hey somebody offered me 50 i was like you know you know i'm like you do what you got to do but i i really want it you know i think you've got you know that i think that's fair um he's like you know what i like you you were here first so i, I met up with the guy and i had a tray of figures you know a mm-hmm. couple of like i said a couple of jawas complete there was there was a probably you know a couple hundred dollars worth of figures just there and it was amazing, and I was so happy. And then I pulled up the blue tray. <laughs> Always pull up the blue tray. <laughs> and what was there was a a, a, a yellow Luke, you know, farm boy saber. <laughs> and what was inside nice. the what was inside the saber was the, the the it was a double telescoping you know Luke. <laughs> and I I like I lost it, and I, I like you. I took a picture and I sent it to you. I was like I was just blown away, and like that rush. Um, that's the wonder of hunting has never, you know, left me, you know what I mean? That's amazing. But I've, I've, I've found the same thing with, you know, blue snaggletooth or, you know, a handful of, you know, red bar, you know, R fives or a hollow cheek Tuscan Raider or this, that Tig from that I found the other day at this random antique store that I went to months ago that had some stuff. I mean, it's just, I, I've definitely lucked into some finds, but I'm just constantly looking for stuff. And I think that's, that's my advantage is just, I've, I've become slightly obsessed. I would say, Oh, that's the thing, man. You got to always be hunting. And yeah, I'm, I'm the same kind of personality where I dive all in into something. And <laughs> that's why I guess there's 17. Well, 18, as of today, we just got a new, uh, we got a new subgroup of the IC. What do you think of that? Vintage toys. I, 
I love it. I posted yeah. a, a picture I don't know anything my... about anything but Star Wars, man. So <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing, but everybody wanted I, yeah. it. I, I love it because I, you know, I was into, you know, the G.I. Joes and the masked figures and, and a, a lot of other of the Voltron. So I actually posted a picture of my childhood Voltron. I've got that entire couple of little pieces missing, but, you know, no Star Wars figures, but I've got that that whole Voltron. Um, so I, I posted that up there as sort of my uh, my first hello uh, to the new group, which I think is an awesome idea. Nice. Yeah, well, Mark Ivan came to me today with it, and actually a bunch of people have been asking me for a long time, and what I always do is when somebody asks me about a new group, they go, oh, I think we should do this. It's a really awesome idea. I see if it checks off all the boxes, and those boxes are, it doesn't exclude anybody, you know what I mean? If they're trying to make it, like, only pre-production over $10,000 items, that'll never be a group on the IC. Um, stuff like that. But if, if somebody comes to me and they have a good idea, like, uh, Hey, we need all the other toy lines. Everybody collects everything else. And I'm like, I don't collect everything else, but everybody collects everything else. So we need a, a group like this. And I always say, Hey, all right, do you want to admin it? And everybody just do- doesn't write back. But today, Mark Ivan did write me, and he's like, hey, man, do you think we could start this group? I'll totally admin it, blah, 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 blah. I was like, sold, man. I'll make it up right now. So there it is, and it's out there. So uh, join that one. That's a that's a little off the off the beaten path there, but uh, I don't know. It just it came up because everything always grows. You never know where this is going to go. You never know when you're going to happen to have a Transformer focus or an EV99 focus or whatever it may be coming down the pipe. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, you see, you know, just have conversations with some of the people that you, you know, your your friends that you that you meet on the on the IC, and everybody's always looking for this, that, and the other thing. And I think that's going to grow very, very, very well, very quickly. Well, what I'm excited about is like for the people that collect everything else but don't collect Star Wars, and then they come in and they say, "Hey, I got this whole lot of junk that I want to get rid of," and you know, here's yep. a cheap price, and I'm excited about that. Maybe we'll bring some of the wild to the IC. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, all right, next up, uh, any movie prop from the movies? What would you want if you could get a prop? Speeder bike. Ooh, full size speeder bike. That's yeah, I don't know where one. I'd put it, but oh, I want it. Doesn't matter. You Backyard. Find a place. Yeah, I'd find a place. You hang it from a tree, man. It's a speeder bike. <laughs> It'll be fine. It won't even take up a footprint. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't know. I just those. Uh, that was one of the cooler figures i never had one when i was a kid but my friends did and i always loved like you know breaking it apart yeah, you know, playing exploded, playing with yeah. it. so i don't know i just i'd like to i'd like to have that nice what is your favorite part of collecting the hunt really just the yeah. hunt, that rush absolutely i um <clears throat> actually you... i forgot to give a tip man because we were saying you looked under that blue case inside there always remember to check your y-wing battery compartments and your millennium falcon battery compartments and especially every vader case you come across even if you think it's empty check the weapons compartment because i I found found stuff in every single one of those i have a a, a story i'll I'll share with you so yeah i found i found some cool stuff but i think like this is a very interesting like kind of you know, just shake your head story for anybody that's out hunting or wants to hunt or looks at wild finds and says, you know, that's never going to happen to me. I saw a guy post on like Let Go or one of the, the apps, just a box of, of stuff, all sorts of stuff. He had it laid out on the driveway, went to meet him. And he's like, yeah, I was uh, I was walking home one night from a neighbor's house and these people were moving and this box was just mixed in with a whole bunch of other stuff. And so he, he basically 
the 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 kids who whose stuff it was, his parents just threw out this massive cardboard box oh. of of Star <laughs> Wars stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he this guy brings it home. I, I purchased the, the the lot, all sorts of ships and everything, and in a uh, and it was a cloud car, and there was a a chewy blaster bowcaster like stuck i heard it rattling so yep. check all your ships yep um even the because, rancor there there's things in his belly sometimes oh i would you know you, you can't you can't go wrong with giving those things you know a, a good shake because so, some gold will will fall will fall from time to time sure enough well i'll tell you man that's the cool thing about star wars is uh there's always a different level of information. If you learn as much as you can possibly learn, you will run into things that have been passed over for the past 50 or 40 years because people don't know what to look for or they miss it or it's a red bar R5. That just became hot like two years ago. But how many of those have you found? A few. They're yep. out there. You just got to look at every single R5 to your blue in the face. That is true. All right. So what is your favorite part of collecting? It's the hunt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the people are, I made some, you know, just amazing, you know, connections and, you know, I, I can't wait to get out to a meetup or I'm definitely planning on going to Cincinnati next year. One of my buddies that I used to work with is big into Star Wars and we're already talking about, you know, getting in the car and driving out there to see everybody. So, you know, meeting the people that you've interacted with at, at any level um, is, is going to be great, but I like going out there and finding stuff and, whether I keep it or whether I get rid of it, somebody's going to be happy. And, you know, it, it's the stuff is out there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just looking all the time. And, and, and certainly, you know, I've been in some really weird situations, <laughs> you know, out here in the middle of the, you know, who knows where in North Carolina, um, you know, and, and all over the place. But, you know, you meet some cool people and sometimes they know what they have. Sometimes they, they, they don't. But you always try to be fair and, 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 you know, you can pluck some gems, you know, out of there. But there, there's nothing like walking into a place or, or, or meeting up with somebody and finding, you know, this just these amazing figures that, you know, they're 40 years old. And, and, and boom, now you found it. It's in your hands and, and you can you can now, you know, give it the, the new life that, that it deserves. Well, you know what's funny, man, is I remember when I first started collecting and I was buying loose and stuff like that, and then there was one time where I ran across this lot, and I guess the kid never played with them. You know what I mean? And it goes from that where you're finding just the beaters and you're like, oh, well, they're 40 years old and that's the way they look, to where you just find like that, oh, you know? <laughs> yep, for sure. And it's something else. It, it really gives you the feels, absolutely. Well, you guys, uh, David Longwater came to me with an idea for a group, and so did you uh, for a group. It was IC101, and what it is is it is the group, if you're going to start vintage collecting Star Wars. It starts you off at the beginning, um, and they will give you all the information, all the little anagrams, stuff like that. Tell the folks a little bit about IC101 and what it does. I love the 101. Um, you know, David's great. We just added Justin Rowland as another um, moderator on the page. And there's just uh, those guys know so much more than I do. But, you know, it's sort of if there's 15,000 people on the, the main page and, you know, I've seen people get eviscerated for asking, you know, a quote unquote stupid question. And I remember all the stupid questions that I had, you know, I, 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 I look back at like some of the, the photographs of figures or whatever that I, I sent you with my, my questions initially. And I wouldn't, I would never put them on the main page because it, <laughs> it's intimidating. 
um, you know, I'm thankful that I had, you know, that, that resource. So I, I just basically was like, if I can repeat that for, for new people that, that want to ask something, but don't, or, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're looking for information that they, they can't find. I mean, like the amount of information and resources that are available that, that I've come across since, um, since really getting into this, it's, it's vast, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. when you get into variants and this or that or whatever. Um, so we're, we're just there to help. It's, it's a safe place <laughs> to, to, to ask away, um, you know, share your pictures, you know, you know, get, you know, what is it worth? What, what should I be looking for? You know, is this real, you know, real or repro, like whatever, whatever you're looking to accomplish, we have the resources to, to help you, uh, whatever you do from there, that that's up to you. But, that's the place to go um, when you need help, and 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 we're definitely there to to, to help. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's great, man. As far as just for all the new people starting out, because as you said, the IC is large now, and even though there there will never be anybody that cusses you out, because I'll get rid of them. But uh, if you ask a question on there, yeah, you're gonna get answers, and yeah, some of the levels of questions are higher level questions where it's like, what is the variation of this PBP, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And it gets into a really in-depth thing. And those are fine. And you'll find people that are very knowledgeable about those things. But if you're just coming in and you're going, what does FOTW mean? What is the first 96? What are the first, what does first 12 mean? How do you yeah. tell the difference between a repro blaster and a non-repro blaster? These things have been covered so many times on the regular IC that, yeah, people do get tired of having to answer the same questions again and stuff like that, but that's okay. That's what I love the most about IC 101 is it is a place where new people can start to get into this hobby because without new people in this hobby, it'll stagnate and die. And that's just a fact. It's the way things work. By the time we're all 40, 50, 60, 70... It's, you know, <laughs> yep. I'm not going to well, be living in a retirement home in Florida with a vast Star Wars collection. What am I going to do with it, man? <laughs> we've, we've had the some, bubbles we've, will fall down and I'll be like, that's it. I quit. Yeah, they're not going back <laughs> up again. <laughs> those, uh, those cargo shorts will get them every time. Um, I know, right? I'll be the only 75 year old guy in cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've got some great, great members on the, on the page and, you know, they're, you know, it's kind of neat to see, you know, some of the people that are you know, asking away and, and sort of like starting their collections or, or really fine tuning what it is that, that they want. And then they're helping other people. Um, we've, we've had some great conversations and, and it's kind of, we're, we're getting into a good groove over there and, you know, the giveaways are, are fun and all that stuff, but the daily posts are, are, are great. And, you know, whether it's David, Justin, or myself, like every, somebody's popping in with, with a response pretty quickly. So we feel like we're pretty attentive to the, to the group and there's some great information on there. So. Yeah, come check us yeah, out check it out it's uh www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash icsw101 um 101 for those of you i need know. new uh i need some new 101 stickers 101 stick. i have uh, a bunch of them here just uh rem- send me a dollar so i remember <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way i can do it because my paypal is crazy I actually found a whole bunch of stuff in the middle of nowhere out between England and France today on some, like, eighth-party Facebook page. God knows if I'm getting ripped off or not, but I paid goods and services, so I should be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Thanks. (laughs) Hey, you got to roll the dice sometimes. Well, actually, that rolls right into uh, our next thing, which is uh, because you were talking about how... Uh, the guys on the group, they, they help you and they help each other and you guys all help each other and your knowledge with their knowledge becomes enough knowledge to cover everybody. Um, so 
we're at the part of the show where uh, it's the IC Star Wars Pearl of Wisdom. And since IC Star Wars is focused on vintage Star Wars items, our guests like you are going to be some of the most knowledgeable collectors around. And I've asked every single guest to give one collecting tip. It can be anything. From what to look for in the wild, to what are all the known variations of Kenner cardbacks. Something I've learned, and one of the major things I've learned from personal experience in this hobby, is that every collector knows very solid info about something, but no collector knows everything. And if we all keep learning from each other, then the community's going to grow, and that's what it is to be the IC. So, what is your Jason Annable Pearl of Wisdom? This is a difficult one to, to answer, but, you know, I would say, you know, if you have, there's whatever time you have in your, in your day, to dedicate to this, that, or the other, you know, p- put it into looking for what what's out there because there's so much stuff out there. So whether you spend, you know, 10 minutes or a half hour or whatever, you know, it is, put some, again, time, energy, and effort into hunting the wild. And if, if you're unable to do that, um, you know, answer 1A would be have a friend, you know, phone a friend, um, have somebody that, that if you're if you're unsure of, of you know what it is you're looking at or what you're about to purchase or, or whatever the, the case may be that you can shoot a couple of photos to and and make the right right decision so you know put put some effort into the hunt it will yield results that is that is a fact um and and always have that that person that ace in the hole that you can you know validate get a second opinion a second set of eyes a second anything um so that you know I've learned a lot by getting burned and shafted here, there, or wherever from making a bad decision. But thankfully, you know, I've got you, I've got too many people to mention um, that have helped guide me, you know, along the way. Um, and that, that just happens. The people are amazing. So, you know, hunt, 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 and phone a friend. Always be hunting. I'm actually going down to Mexico, so uh, there will be a little hiatus for the IC Star Wars podcast, but I do it whenever I have time. But uh, after this one comes out, I'm going down to Mexico on the uh, 14th, uh, or well, no, the 15th. I'm going to watch The Last Jedi here before I go, and then I'm going to get to watch it down there, too. I hear there's subtitles, so I actually know what's going on. But I'm going down to Mexico to hunt, and it is my third year going down to Mexico for a Star Wars convention to hunt. And you know what? I have a Letty Complete set. (laughs) <laughs> but you got to do that you got to get out there you got to hunt you got to try to find it because it's not going to come to you and if it does it's going to be darn expensive that it is find me a liddy bush while you're down there you got it brother i'll find you one no worries Thanks. what are you trying the yellow helmet thing i have one of those but mm-hmm. i am um, i need to put the the whole package together all right yeah no worries i'll find you one I could do that. I'll, I'll keep an eyeball out. But see, that's it. Always be asking, too. That's the other trick. If I could walk around with a shirt that said, I buy vintage Star Wars with $20 bills stapled to it, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect, brother. Anything you want to plug before you get out of here? I've got nothing. All right. Just... Well, we'll plug the IC101 again because it's, it's a great group and you, you're uh, you're an admin there. So uh, www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ICSW101. Um, awesome. And, uh, thank you very much, brother, for being on episode eight of IC Star Wars. Thank you so much for being part of the IC and helping me all the time being a mod and stuff like that. We have a bunch of mods and you're a big help because I've had to delete, I think 20% of what I used to have to delete. So it's wonderful. (laughs) 
<laughs> Happy to give you some of your life back. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, all I'm doing with it is hunting, so I appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks, brother. Thanks for being on another episode of I See Star Wars, and we'll be back next week. No, we won't be back next week because I'm going to Mexico. So I'll see you all on the flip side, and hopefully I'll get some Letty. Stay hunting. So be it, Jedi. Thank you for tuning in for episode 8 of IC Star Wars. Just a couple of links before we go. Don't forget www.imperialcommissary.com. That's I M P E R I A L C O M M I S S A R Y.com. That's for all the subgroups, all the info, pictures of the meetups, and the podcast if you want to listen there. Um, great website and uh, it'll get you to all things I see also if you want to reach me on Instagram it's the Imperial Commissary if you want to reach me on Twitter it's ICSW Podcast if you want to reach me through email it's ICSW Podcast at gmail.com and also don't forget to check out our brand new IC subgroup for everything that is not vintage Star Wars at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IC everything else have a great day thank you very much for listening and remember to tune in next time for ic star wars a podcast for collectors by collectors